Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Renegade, Renegade Talk Radio. Up the, the rancor, you know, we, we have to bring the nation together and we have to treat each other with a little bit of decency. And so, hi, it's Luna, activist teacher here, and I know that everyone is getting ready to celebrate Thanksgiving in America. But I want to remind people that this is a white supremacist holiday for genocidal maniacs. We can have different political views, but there's we have one view. The one view is we're the finest, greatest nation in the world. Stand up against the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. As the FBI and DHS ignore their sworn duty in order to fuel the narrative of white supremacy. They broke the law, came in and occupied the Cannon Office House building, interrupted Congress, interrupted hearings. Right here, Katrina Bleakley is the lead attorney for the Southern Poverty Law Center. Were you aware of this? Maybe I don't spend are... a lot of time on Twitter. Well, you know, you you sh- oh, I'm sure you do. Uh, right, Mr. Ray, you should you should be you should be interested in investigating terrorism and this right here is proof that we had terrorists in our own office building. Global Intifada. And you rely on the Southern Poverty Law Centers. Katrina Bleakley is one of the organizers. I'll send this over to your office so maybe perhaps you can stop targeting innocent grandmothers and veterans who walked through the Capitol on January 6th and might after might actually go after people tied to Hamas, tied to Hezbollah, and likely Iran. Our primary mission is a little group called Quiet Skies. It's a mission called Quiet Skies that we're following people that flew into the National Capital region in January 2021. You did not have to go to the Capitol or the rally, and you've been put on a specific list that TS now has assigned air marshals to follow these people who have not had uh, any type of criminal investigation. They haven't committed a crime, but yet three years later, we're following the same individuals day in and day out. They're not tracking terrorists at all. Well, they didn't even have to be at the Capitol, Carly. They could have just flown into the National Capital Region. So if anybody was there for uh, a job interview, to visit family, we even had a gentleman that was there for a funeral. They put put on this domestic terrorist list just because of their geographic location to Washington, D.C. So these people did not even commit a crime. They weren't even at the Capitol. What? Do those people know that they're on this list? Some of them do, because when they go to the airport, they get the quadises on their boarding pass, and then they have to go through enhanced security. Then they're followed by teams of air marshals on, on any leg of flight that they have. Those radicalized by state propaganda through the Mockingbird media, anti-American politicians, and funding by George Soros are morphing into their own cells of dangerous domestic terrorism. U.S. right there. I'm in Manhattan. U.S. is a evil. One day we will take U.S. All the Muslims will destroy U.S. and we will rule the world. I watch Israel people die and I masturbate with that. Wow. What do you think about the Jewish people? They are dirty. I hate them. I just like killing Jews. I rape them first. 
then I killed them. There's a difference. The government appears to be going through the throes of a soft coup, where the Democratic Party foolishly intends on emerging as the saviors as future terrorism ignites a martial law state and unvetted illegal aliens are given the right to vote. It's far more threatening to our republic if our own government facilitates criminal invasion and it is incredibly threatening to our citizenry if our government's highest levels of law enforcement coordinate organized campaigns of weaponized oppression, oppression, harassment, investigation, arrest and prosecution and imprisonment of free Americans. That, Mr. Chairman, is the primary threat a homeland indeed faces today. Simple math places the Uniparty and their fellow minions in the unelected federal bureaucracy as the greatest threat to the United States. It is the Uniparty that has become radicalized. John Bound reporting. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host today. I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. I certainly did. But I tell you what, there's no place I'd rather be than in this chair speaking to this audience right now, despite how delicious the turkey was and the banana pudding and all of the feast items that I was able to enjoy. I hope that you got to spend time with family and share Infowars.com forward slash show with them because after all, it is a good feeling to come to Thanksgiving knowing that you were right about all the conspiracy theories that you've said for Thanksgiving after Thanksgiving. They've all seemingly come true. So I, I would be surprised if your family acknowledged this if they disagreed with you before because there is a cognitive dissonance that we're all experiencing among our loved ones, friends, family alike. But... Have no fear. I know that you're right. I know that you were right. And I'm someone that was converted. I was never a leftist by any means. But after watching Alex Jones beginning in 2020 and continuing to consume the content of this network over the course of the last three years before being a guest host on it and now a host on it until Owen returns from his federally sponsored vacation... I can say without a doubt that I have been amazed over the last few years at all the things that Alex Jones was right about. And not only what he said over the last few years, but having gone back and listened to his reports beginning in 2001 and seeing, listening, hearing to hearing what he said was going to happen 20 years ago, 23 years ago. It has absolutely been amazing to see what has actually come true. And I've come to believe that there is a globalist agenda, that there is a new world order, and it is seeking to conglomerate power over the entire globe into one political elite class of international leadership. And these few seek to not only rule you, but to establish immortality for themselves through burgeoning technology, because after all, they don't believe in God, and therefore they must become gods themselves to satisfy that psychological need that psychological code that we all have embedded in us to believe in a higher power. So if we abandon the real higher power, then we have to replace it with something. In the 20th century, we saw that it was replaced with the state. We saw millions killed by Hitler. We saw tens of millions killed by Mao and Stalin and others. 
And so we know that when we worship the false idol of the state, we wind up with massacres and total injustice. And so now that we've seen that the state has failed, these globalists seek to establish this new world order, this one world government. And instead of making this one world government the god of them, they seek to make themselves gods. And they seek to use this mechanism, this new world order, to rule over you. We've seen this gerontocracy, this decrepit leadership class of the aging evil among us, seemingly hanging on to life despite whatever may happen. They seem to get older and older and never die. We saw how ancient Feinstein became. We saw how ancient Pelosi is. We see how ancient Joe Biden is. He's not even a member of the boomer generation. He's actually a member of the silent generation. That's how old he is. And we see now that this class, this gerontocracy, is this old sort of dementia-ridden class of the most corrupt who seek to perpetuate their own power and rule over our lives. But there are others that are fighting against it. I'm not sure that the Democratic presidential candidate representative Dean Phillips is actually fighting against this new world order. After all, he does have a D next to his name, and I don't know how anyone can continue to keep a D next to their name in good conscience. But he warned his party that any belief that Joe Biden can defeat former President Donald Trump in 2024 is delusional. He's absolutely right about that. We're going to play clip one here in a second. Phillips, a previous Biden supporter who is now running against the 81-year-old for the Democratic presidential nomination, urged voters on Saturday to consider a different candidate to present the party in 2024. Let's run clip one. Are you running for president? So he thinks he's done such a great job. He thinks Biden has done such a great job. But he's saying the numbers don't line up with that. So why would you possibly say that Biden has done such a good job if we know that Biden can't beat Trump in an election? If we know that the voters have come out and said we don't support Donald – excuse me, we don't support Joe Biden for president in 2024, then why would you say that he's done a good job? Because then you're just putting yourself in the Biden basket even if you're running against him. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean at least Vivek – brilliantly stated that Donald Trump was an excellent president and doesn't criticize Donald Trump in terms of policy or decisions that he's made. The only thing he says is that it's time for a younger generation to come into office, come into power. He's very soft in his criticism and his approach against Donald Trump for the presidency. But this guy is coming in and saying, oh, I think Biden's done a great job, but obviously the people hate him, so I'm going to run. Well, if you think he did a great job and the people hate him for the job that he did, then why are you running on the same platform? People aren't just concerned that Biden's going to age out. He already aged out. He was aged out by the end of the last election, by the beginning of the last election. He was pressured to run. He's got dementia, obviously, and they hit it. They covered it up. He hardly even campaigned. He already aged out. So it's not a new issue to say that he's going to be too old this time. He was too old last time. And frankly, that's the biggest criticism. That's the most legitimate criticism of Donald Trump is that he's getting older, but he acts much younger. I know I've used the metaphor before, the allegory before, that the older we get, the more like a used car we become. First, one thing goes wrong, and we fix it, and then another thing, and it seems like more and more frequently, we have instances of things going wrong, and it's just a matter of time after so many miles before a car becomes a liability and not really a benefit. And that would be a legitimate criticism of Donald Trump. I don't agree with it. I think he's got another good four years in him, for sure. He's got great energy. He looks like he's healthier now than he was when he was president of the United States from 2016 to 2020. I think he's going to be fine. He's certainly going to be fine compared to 
Biden, who's perhaps the worst president in the history of presidents of the United States. I do want to get to this story before we cut to break. Tommy Robinson was arrested in London for causing alarm and distress in a march against anti-Semitism. We're going to run clip two here in a second. UK activist Tommy Robinson was arrested by police on Sunday for simply attending a march against anti-Semitism. Let's check this out. Like you lot. Yeah? I'm just here to do my job. That's my cameraman. I'm at work. Do you think a member of the press should be arrested for doing their no, job? No, no. I'm glad the journalists are saying that. So, Stephen, this is, is your own journalist, Stephen. You're listening. This is your dispersal notice. You now face three dots to leave immediately. Are you going to take this off me or not? It's up to you. Mate, well, you know, it's an Officer, you're embarrassing. Stephen, you're, you're embarrassing. It's an embarrassment. Take that as a no. It's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment to the police. Get your hands off. Get your hands off. Get your hands off. was arrested simply by attending. He, he wasn't doing anything like burning down police precincts or any of the behavior or the looting that we would have seen from the George Floyd protesters. He was simply attending an anti-anti-Semitism rally and was arrested for it. And it just goes to show how overrun London is with the political opposition, with these refugees, these so-called refugees, these migrants that have come in, refused to assimilate with British culture, Western culture. And they're so popular, they're so ever-present in the capital, in London, that you can't even attend an anti-anti-Semitism rally without being arrested, even if you're not doing anything disruptive. Because the police don't represent the interests of the European people anymore. They don't represent the interests of the English people anymore. They represent the interests of the mob that is terrorizing the people and their culture. We're going to get more into this in the next segment, how the Biden administration is responding in the meantime, visit InfoWarsStore.com and check out Survival Shield X2, which is finally back in stock. Get it for 25% off plus free shipping and double Patriot points. Black Friday starts now. Take advantage of sales up to 60% off, free shipping, and double the Patriot points on other products as well. The globalists want you to be run down and unhealthy so they can dominate your life. Fight back with one of nature's greatest essentials. The World Health Organization estimates that nearly 50 million people still suffer from some kind of mental impairment related to iodine deficiency. Even the CDC states that iodine deficiency is one of the four major deficiency diseases in the world. That's why it's so important for you to try Survival Shield X2, the only source of 99.999% ultra pure deep earth iodine crystals from more than 7,000 feet below the surface of our planet. Check it out now and be the reason we're still on the air at InfoWarsStore.com. Where were you when humanity was fighting for its life? Where were you when the globalists were caught trafficking millions of children for sex slavery worldwide? Where were you when the New World Order was starting World War III with Russia? Well, I know where you are. You're watching and listening to InfoWars.com right now, and I salute you and thank you. And I want to encourage all of you who've been in this fight so long to realize we've reached the critical juncture in the battle now. And a key tool in that fight is the Great Awakening, defeating the globalists and launching the next 
Great Renaissance. This is my second book, part two of The Great Reset and the War for the World. It's a longer book, a quite frankly, more powerful book. And just like the last book went to number one, it is up to you to send to number one right now. This is a cultural fight against the globalists, and it funds the info war. Get signed or unsigned copies of The Great Awakening right now at InfoWarsStore.com. I want to thank you all for your support, but this is a book everybody needs. Get your copy of The Great Awakening right now. Please listen closely because this is life-changing critical information. The globalists are bombarding us with toxic chemicals hitting us in the air, the water, the food, the 5G, the poison shots, the shedding, the GMO, all of it. But God's given us compounds through nature that do incredible things in our body. And one of the most important, if not the most important, is vitamin B12. We've got the best organic vitamin B12, Ultra 12, a bestseller, finally back in stock after close to a year being sold out. You take it under the tongue for better absorption, and it's 40% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. So go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Get your Ultra 12 and other great products for 40% off. Some products are even more, and it keeps the show on the air. That is a 360 win. The only way you lose is not taking action. I thank you all for your support, being part of this fight. Now go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I'm Chase Geiser, your host today. So much news to cover, so much going on. We spent the first segment talking about Biden's sort of gerontocracy, decrepit, dementia-ridden mind, and how it's really just a symbol of the entire political class. It's this ancient sort of class of those who seek to make themselves gods and subjugate the entirety of humanity under a new world order, under a globalist elite. And the real incentive for this, the real reason they want this global government, this one world government, this new world order, is because it's a little club where the political class of every nation can help each other out in maintaining and growing their power. So they're conglomerating, just like we've seen in the sort of fascist version of America that we see. People call it capitalism. It's really crony capitalism, and all crony capitalism really is is fascism, okay, when the government controls the business. So our government is so involved with these businesses, every monopoly we've ever had in this country has actually been government-sponsored. So this idea that a laissez-faire, hands-off capitalism would create this monopoly problem is really not backed up by history. This is something that we've only seen with government-sponsored businesses like Google, the other big tech companies, and others all the way back to Rockefeller. They've all been government-sponsored, whether it was the way in which they got their land to establish rail or other mechanisms by making it impossible for anyone else to compete, giving advantages to special businesses. And this is what we're seeing with this current administration. It's just like what we're seeing with these crony capitalist businesses, these fascist businesses. What they do is they lobby and they leverage their influence over the government to increase the amount of regulation that exists so that only the major corporations can afford or transcend the regulations. I'll give you an example. During the pandemic, we saw that mom and pop restaurants all over the country had to shut down But the likes of McDonald's and Arby's and whatever major chains could stay open. We saw that mom and pop grocery stores or retailers 
had to shut down, but Amazon was able to ship. And so all of these pandemic regulations that we saw, this crisis that was used to usher in these new regulations, all of them that we saw served to benefit a few major corporations while making it impossible for any other competitors to be on the market. And countless restaurants went out of business, not the major chains, but all the other ones. Countless stores went out of business. Countless businesses just in general went out of business while their major national level competitors were able to lobby and create for themselves exceptions to the rules that everyone else had to follow to ensure that they would stay in business. So this crony capitalism, which is fascism, was able to eradicate the middle class small business owner. And we see that the government really is a corporation with a monopoly on violent power. It's a corporation that has an army behind it, and they are conglomerating the same way that these major corporations conglomerated. Just as an Amazon might go through and buy up warehouse after warehouse, or a Bill Gates might go through and buy up farmland after farmland, or a chain restaurant might go through and buy up locations of closed mom-and-pop restaurants in order to establish itself perpetually as the dominant force in the market, we see that government is doing the same thing. So rather than allow the local communities like cities and states to determine what's going to happen at the state level or at the city local level with any policy, whether it's education or energy or anything else, the federal government has established such influence over all the local governments that it's basically conglomerated and acquired all the power. So Texas, for example, would never secede from the union, at least not under any sort of current form of state government that we have because we are so dependent as a state on federal dollars. Just like what we saw happen with the universities. The universities take so much federal money that they have to follow all of the federal rules about education, whether it's Title IX or other rules, because they are dependent on that federal money. They're dependent on that allowance. Just like if your parents give you an allowance and they say, listen, if you get caught sneaking out, you're not going to get your allowance anymore. So that's how they can leverage control over you. And so this has not just happened at a federal to local level or a federal to state level in the United States. It's something that's happened at a national level where we've had this establishment of the European unions. We've had this establishment of the United Nations, the NATOs, the World Economic Forums, these globalist organizations where they come through, they make all of the independent nations dependent on the sort of federal or global organization. And then they can leverage all of the behaviors and decisions that are made by these local nations by threatening to withhold aid. So the UN's not going to help you out if you do X, Y, and Z, or you're not going to get any funding if you do X, Y, and Z. You're not going to get any support from the United States if you do X, Y, and Z. And so all of the national sovereignty of these nations that participate in these globalist organizations is totally sacrificed for this globalist agenda. All of the interests of the peoples of these various nations are compromised for the sake of this globalist agenda. And this is how these globalist entities have taken power away from the individual nations and conglomerated it into one globalist force. And this is the incentive here because these globalist leaders, these political classes of these international communities, the international community, want to come together and ensure that their class stays in power forever while no nation or no people of any nation has any power to change the political dynamic in the country. And let's just take a look, for example, at what's going on here. We've got here the EU is at risk of another energy crisis, according to reports. The start of the peak consumption season in the EU amid rising demand from Asia could drive up prices for natural gas on the continent despite ample supply of liquefied natural gas globally. 
oil price reported this week. Other exports reportedly suggest that shipping news has become quite important for all sorts of commodities lately due to restricted movement via the Panama Canal and riskier passage via the Suez Canal as a result of the Israel-Hamas conflict. So we have a conflict that seemingly is unrelated in Israel between Israel and Hamas to any other nation other than Israel and Palestine. And it's having an impact on the entire global market because of this globalist agenda where we have these trade sanctions. We come in and we shut these things off. We perpetuate these conflicts. And that's how the globalists get their way, despite the fact that, naturally speaking, in any open market, no nation would really have concern to care. Here's another example right here. Coming soon, your travel will be restricted by personal carbon allowances. This is not something that any nation would impose willfully on its own people, but it's something that a globalist entity can impose on every nation that participates in that entity. Experts are suggesting that your standard of living will be reduced by over 85%. A sustainable future for travel warns of travel extinction where some areas suffer such radical climate change that all tourism there ceases and personal carbon allowances that will restrict how often one is permitted to travel. So they don't even stop at controlling every aspect of your life, but they also want to lock you in these open air prisons. That is your own nation. You're not going to be allowed to go anywhere in the name of climate change. We know that climate change isn't actually really a well-founded argument. We know that many of the natural disasters that we're experiencing today are due to things like solar flares or other natural cycles, less to do with actual carbon emissions. And that these restrictions in order to protect the world in the name of the climate change initiative are actually Pointless and nothing to do with any of our human behavior and more to do with establishing control over the people class, the working class, not the political class while they fly around on their jets, but the class of the people. This, these are examples of how this globalism is totally eliminating the sovereignty of any nation that participates in these globalist organizations. We're going to cover more in the next segment. Make sure in the meantime you visit InfoWarsStore.com. The InfoWars Store Black Friday special has arrived. It came early and it's staying late. Up to 60% off plus free shipping and double Patriot points on all of our best products. Check it out today at InfoWarsStore.com and be the reason we are still on the air. First came Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, and Super Mario Brothers. And now the ultimate retro nostalgia throwback game. I present to the world... Alex Jones's New World Order Wars. They're turning the friggin' frogs game. I'll eat your ass. You Nazi scum. Let's free the Patriots and defeat the globalist tech geeks. We are going to defeat the globalists very bigly. This game is mostly peaceful. Woo! Ah! going to lower the world's population. <laughs> oh, big deal. I'm taking you down, rapist. I did not have sexual relations with that saxophone. <laughs> Download it now at alexjonesgame.com because as we all know, anything badass gets censored. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. through the censorship barrier, one truth at a time. You're listening to The American Journal. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning. 
talking in the last segment about globalism and how it's a conglomeration of power similar to what we see among corporations that are sponsored by the federal government in our own nation, similar to what we've seen by establishing the dependence on federal funding among the states that we've seen in our own country in order to ensure that there is no independence from the federal government. Because after all, once you're dependent on the federal government, then they can tell you exactly what to do. This has been a mini test, an experiment among globalists. What has happened here in the United States over the course of the last 100 years has been a test for what they plan to do globally and what we've seen manifest with the European Union, with NATO, the UN, the World Economic Forum, and other globalist entities. And we've seen it happen time and time again. Most notably, most recently, we saw it happen with this Ukraine conflict where it was abundantly obvious to anybody with a brain that there was no way in hell that Ukraine was ever going to win a war against Russia. And they acted like it was some sort of cruel, despotic invasion from Putin. And I'm not saying Putin's a good guy. He is definitely a despot. He's definitely a dictator with a lot of nuclear power. Don't get me wrong. He's arrested a lot of members of the press. He's definitely not to be trusted, but they're framing it like he just had a whim to invade Ukraine for no apparent reason when it's very obvious why he did. And frankly, I will come out and say right now that if I had been the president or prime minister or whatever of Russia, I would have done the exact same thing. I would have absolutely invaded Ukraine and taken those territories given the political climate. I think he did the absolute best thing for Russia, despite the fact that it was a major tragedy to all the civilians and millions of people who have suffered as a result. But the real crime hasn't just been his invasion of Ukraine. The real crime is that we lied and lied. The international community lied and lied over again, talking about how it was possible for Ukraine to win. We see reports coming out now that there was actually an opportunity back in 2022 for peace between Ukraine and Russia. And that was halted, stopped by the international community, namely Boris Johnson and others. So this war could have been over. Sovereignty could have been reestablished among Ukraine or by Ukraine, and we pressured them to continue this war, and it's cost hundreds of thousands of lives since of both soldiers and innocent civilians alike as a result. And Russians too, Russian soldiers alike. We have to feel bad for them too because they don't necessarily want to be participating in this war. I mean, they're winning. That's a good feeling, but why is this necessary? And we see that these insane policies, these insane wars that happen time and time again for apparently no reason, whether it's Iraq, whether it's Afghanistan, whether it's Vietnam, whether it's Ukraine or this Israel-Hamas conflict are always because of this globalist agenda. So they seem senseless on the surface, but in fact, they are meant to serve the globalist agenda. That's why they don't make any sense on a local level. It doesn't make any sense why Russia would have to invade Ukraine. But if you take it in context of these international policies, these globalist policies that are manifesting everywhere, then suddenly it does make sense because we were going to put Ukraine in NATO. And that was going to put the enemy on the border of Russia. And it was going to increase the difficulty by which Russia could export energy through all of Europe. I believe as much as 70% of Russia's economy is dependent on exporting energy. Much of that is exported directly through regions in what was formerly known as Ukraine. And if NATO were to grant membership to Ukraine, then all of a sudden, Russia's energy exports would be dependent on the permission and terms set by the international community. Thus, Russia would have no sovereignty whatsoever. And you got to keep in mind, the reason that the international community wanted this to happen, the reason that the United States wanted Ukraine to be part of NATO was because we have a problem in Russia 
and that it is a dictatorship and they have a massive nuclear arsenal. So despite whatever our politicians say, nobody in the military industrial complex, nobody in either our government or the international community actually wants Putin out of office because despite how evil he is, he has proven that he doesn't just use nuclear weapons on a whim. He has proven that he's capable of having the power to destroy the world and exercising the judgment not to. But the issue is that who's going to come after Putin? We don't really know unless we have some sort of a CIA operation where we can ensure who the next person is. But it really is sort of a major risk. It's a rolling of the dice, a picking of a card randomly. Who is going to be next in Russia? And given that Russia is a major nuclear power with the capacity to destroy the world multiple times over, we want to establish as much pressure and control over Russia as possible. We want to mitigate its sovereignty as much as possible because if a madman comes into office in Russia, we want to ensure that we can keep that madman in check. And that's what this conflict was about. That was why we tried to put Ukraine into NATO, despite the fact that we promised we would never do that. After the fall of the Soviet Union, we wanted to make sure that Russia has no actual sovereignty, that it's dependent on the permission of the international community in order to exist because we don't know what wild card we're going to get next after Putin retires, whether it's now, whether it's in 10 years, whether it's in 20 years, if he lives to be as old as our gerontocracy. That's what this was actually about. And Putin knew that this was an untenable position for his nation. He knew that this is impossibly difficult for Russia. And so in an effort to establish or maintain its sovereignty as a nation, it had no other choice than to invade Ukraine and ensure that NATO is not on its border, that NATO is not controlling its energy exports, which are 70% of its economy, that the international community does not have control over Russia because once that happens, it's game over for the nation. There is no Russia anymore. It would be Russia in name only. It would be rhino nation. 100% rhino, Russia in name only. And so that's what this conflict has been about. And that's why we see lie and lie time and time again. And that's why any of these reasons that the mainstream narrative published for why this conflict happened don't really add up or make sense. The real issue is we wanted to make sure we had control over Russia to ensure that whoever's in power next over the nuclear arsenal that's the second or third largest in the world, if not the largest in the world, would be in check. Here's an example. Bill Maher is left stunned after Oliver Stone schools him on Ukraine biolabs. Questions 2020 election. Let's go ahead and run clip three of Bill Maher and Oliver Stone discussing the biolabs as just an example of a story that was covered up by the international community in Ukraine. Maybe we'll never get there, but I feel like it's tipping toward lab leak and not bats. It's worse than that, I think. What what are the labs in Ukraine? What what is that about the American labs over there? As if we're dumping in Ukraine all the things that we... we, What what are you talking about, American labs? The labs that we have in Ukraine. For? For development of uh, research. Of what? All kinds of research, agricultural. uh, We have labs in Ukraine? We had. Had? Well, I don't know. They kind of buried it. Do you remember she admitted it? Newland admitted it? I only have a minute left. Let me ask you, um, does Ukraine have chemical or biological weapons? Uh, Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities, which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to 
uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. Did what? She said we had labs there. We, Why was that controversial? Well, were, were we but, making anthrax? Maybe. Jesus, Bill, come on. <laughs> Maybe or new versions of it. I mean, we don't know. That's the point, Bill. It was buried. Come on. I'm surprised that you. you I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't know that. You're right. Yeah. They covered that up pretty quickly, didn't they? And the fact that we have concern over Russia establishing control of these labs, mind you, Metabiota was involved in these labs which received $23.7 million from the DOD while Joe Biden was vice president, while he was sharing a bank account with Hunter Biden, while Rosemont Seneca was invested in Metabiota. So they were really involved in Ukraine. But if we're concerned about Russia having access or control over these labs, then that means that they weren't just researching a vaccine for the cold. They weren't just looking into how we might be able to really tackle the flu. They were obviously involved in nefarious bioweapons research. They don't want Russia to have access to this bioweapons research. And we covered it up. We act like Putin's this big bad guy, and maybe he is a big bad guy, but in this instance, the United States is just as culpable. More on the other side. If you ever take one piece of my advice, it's get a bottle of X2. It's been sold out for over a year because we wouldn't cut corners and because it's so hard to produce. We finally have a limited run back in supply at InfoWarsStore.com. So many people have serious issues. Look at the UN's own numbers. Billions have cognitive disabilities because they do not have true nascent iodine in their bodies. Most of the other iodine is bound to other heavy metals or bound to other elements so you don't download it. But this is pure atomic certified iodine. X2 is now back in stock, discounted. So I'm giving Thanksgiving right now for this product being here. It funds the info war. But I guarantee you, you take this for a few weeks, you will feel the difference. It is amazing. It's the missing link. X2, back in stock at the end of 2023 at InfoWarsStore.com. X2. The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda in the New York Times, other major newspapers, that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have that communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning. 
going to be covering the news over the next hour. And in the final hour of the show today, we will be taking calls. So make sure you have your phones ready. We've got the number on speed dial. It's 877-789-2539. Not ready to open the lines yet, though, because there's so much more to cover. So we were talking about this conflict between Russia and Ukraine in the last segment and how it was really just a globalist agenda to establish control over Russia because we're afraid of who's going to come into power in Russia next, given that Russia is a superpower in terms of nuclear armament. But Russia will not lose, according to Hungary's Orban, warning the West. Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban has said that the U.S. and EU strategy of funding Ukraine's battle with Russia in the hope that an unlikely battlefield loss will bring about regime change in Moscow is futile. Instead of trying to localize the conflict, the West decided to escalate making it global, Orban said. That was a strategy. We finance the Ukrainians, fight and die, he added. However, he said, where we are now, it is obvious that the Ukrainians will not win the front line. There is no solution on the battleground. The Russians will not lose. There will be no political change in Moscow. This is the reality the Hungarian leader stated. And I kind of agree with him. I agree that the strategy was that we fund and that the Ukrainians will fight the Russians and die and no Americans will have to die. No members of the international community will have to die unless, of course, they volunteer for the foreign legion. But I don't think that we ever really believed that we were going to win or that Ukraine was going to win. I think we always knew. I think the military industrial complex always knew. I think the White House always knew. I think the international community always knew that the Ukrainians eventually would, would lose unless by some miracle the Russians decided to give up. Because it was just too obvious. Even to a layman like myself, even to members of the audience who have no military experience, I'm sure that many of you, if not the vast majority of you, the overwhelming majority of you, understood that Ukraine was going to get its butt kicked in this conflict. It seems to me that what was really happening here was we were perpetuating this conflict in order to buy time for some reason. Russia could have won in a matter of weeks without our aid to Ukraine. We knew that there could have been peace in 2022, and we came in and interfered to stop it from happening. So for some reason... We wanted to lengthen this conflict as long as possible, knowing that hundreds of thousands of people would die, both innocent and military personnel. And the only thing I can think of about this is that if Russia were to actually capture total control over Ukraine, it could then divert its energy exports instead of through Ukraine to Europe, through Ukraine to Asia. It could establish control over the major agricultural benefit strength that is Ukraine. It is called the breadbasket of Europe. And instead of exporting food to Europe, then Russia would be able to export food to China, which would position China to take Taiwan. And for some reason, we wanted to postpone this as long as possible because we knew that there were other burgeoning conflicts. We knew that there was going to be a conflict in Israel because by, by all means, we helped plan this attack we know that netanyahu explicitly stated on film that part of his strategy was to fund hamas years ago and he did and they definitely knew this conflict was coming we left all the weapons behind in afghanistan two years ago when they started planning this attack on october 7th and we didn't want this conflict to manifest while Russia was able to export agriculture to China because if China takes Taiwan at the same time that we're dealing with this conflict in Israel, then we would be forced to support allies on two separate fronts, which is an untenable military position. We just can't do it economically. We can't do it militarily. 
And so, in my opinion, we always knew that we were going to lose, but we were just trying to buy time to ensure that we didn't have to fight on behalf of Taiwan and Israel at the same time. And hopefully, this conflict will be resolved between Israel and Hamas before China annexes Taiwan. That's the strategy here. And we know that Israel is going to win against Hamas. We know that they're going to annex the entire region and basically eradicate all life that breathes in the region. It seems to me that they're just going to totally stabilize the region. And the only way to do that is to kill everything that hates Israel in the area. Israel is surrounded by enemies on all fronts, whether it's Egypt, whether it's Jordan, whether it's Iran, whether it's any of the surrounding nations. No one really likes Israel in the area because it's it's an old Muslim versus Jewish thing. And so in order to stabilize Israel, the best thing they can do is just kill everyone that sympathizes with Hezbollah or Hamas. And that's what they're doing. That's why we planned it. We, we let it be planned. We, we let it be funded. We even kind of funded it by the money that we released to Iran. We left the weapons behind in Afghanistan, which were used in the attack on the 7th. And we used it as, I don't want to say a black flag operation because it certainly actually happened. This terrorist attack where 1,200 Israelis were killed. Estimates now 1,200. Who knows what the real number was? And that was used as an excuse to get international support for Israel in this conflict. And we even see this support extending beyond what we see from the international community on a national level, what we saw it with Musk. We can run um, clip five here in a second. Musk has just visited Netanyahu. He tweeted that actions speak louder than words in conjunction with this clip kind of circulating around. Let's go ahead and run clip five. Elon Musk tours the ruins of an Israeli kibbutz with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Remember that Netanyahu met with Musk just weeks before the attack happened. Something that's been forgotten or buried. And he's walking around. He's wearing body armor. There, of course, is Netanyahu and Musk together. And this is Musk basically showing support or solidarity with Israel to prove that Axe and he are not anti-Semitic people. And we saw this meeting happen just a couple of weeks before this attack between Netanyahu and Musk to talk about anti-Semitism on the platform. And this has all happened in the context of the ADL coming after Musk, of Media Matters coming after Musk, of viral tweets or misinterpretations of his replies to tweets to imply that he's some sort of anti-Semitic Jew-hating person, which just isn't true. Obviously, we know that he's taken an objective approach to this, but it seems to me that Musk is feeling the pressure from the international community to show more explicit support for Israel, which is fine with me, whatever. That he's not actually anti-Semitic, but that he is really one with his finger on the pulse of what's going on in the area. We see that Hamas is a terrorist organization, which I'm sure Musk would admit. And we see that Israel is eradicating many innocent civilians which I'm sure Musk would agree with as well. But he's not inherently anti-Semitic. He doesn't think there's anything inherently disgusting or wrong with Jewish people. There is a difference between being anti-Zionism and anti-Jewish. But we see that the likes of Media Matters, the ADL, and others like NewsGuard have been used, weaponized by this international community, by this globalist community, in order to basically blackmail, bully, and leverage like some sort of mafia 
its political will, their, the globalist political will, over independent companies. This is a harassment by a mafia over independent companies where they come by and they say, hey, you're going to say something good about Israel. Otherwise, we're going to do a campaign against you and going to ruin your business. Or if you don't do X, Y, Z, we're going to make sure none of your advertisers want to do any business with you, right? We saw this happen with the ADL when they successfully eradicated or eliminated 90% of ad spend on Twitter as soon as Musk acquired it. Free speech groups are calling on Congress to block NewsGuard funding. As many as 36 groups advocating free speech, the Free Speech Alliance, have turned to U.S. Congress with a request to stop any further funding of NewsGuard. NewsGuard is an outfit that describes itself as countering misinformation on behalf of news consumers, brands, and democracies. Wow, if a sentence ever just screamed leftist globalist bullcrap, that sentence, that description certainly does. That, quote, mission also includes trust rating system for news sites right in people's browsers. So if you I wonder what the rating is for Infowars.com by NewsGuard. I would be very curious to say that. I don't want to put you guys on the spot in the crew, but I would love to see what NewsGuard's rating is for Infowars.com. But they'll go and they'll establish a rating system and they'll say, okay, the New York Times can be trusted. The Wall Street Journal can be trusted, but don't trust Citizen Free Press or don't trust Infowars.com. And this is a way that they've established this ranking system similar to what ESG seeks to do, the Environmental Sustainability and Governance scores seek to do on businesses where they have a sort of social credit score where if you don't fall in line with the mainstream narrative, if you don't fall in line with this this internationalist, this globalist agenda, then they'll give you a low NewsGuard rating and no one will ever cite you because if they cite you as a source, then they risk losing their own social credit, their own news credit as an outlet. And that's how they rub out independent journalists and prop up the establishment mainstream narrative all in the name of perpetuating a lie and mitigating the risk of the truth actually coming out. That's what they're doing with this. And that's why free speech advocates have to come out against the likes of NewsGuard which says that it's protecting free speech and fighting misinformation and disinformation and hate speech. But what it's really actually doing is ensuring that the globalists have a monopoly over all information that is consumed worldwide. That's why it's more important now than ever to go to InfoWarsStore.com. Be the reason that we're still on the air. Go to InfoWars.com forward slash show and share the link because independent outlets like InfoWars are more important now than ever given that every international community seeks to silence independent truthsayers in the name of a globalist elite. Please listen closely because this is life-changing critical information. The globalists are bombarding us with toxic chemicals hitting us in the air, the water, the food, the 5G, the poison shots, the shedding, the GMO, all of it. But God's given us compounds through nature that do incredible things in our body. And one of the most important, if not the most important, is vitamin B12. We've got the best organic vitamin B12, Ultra 12, a bestseller finally back in stock after close to a year being sold out. You take it under the tongue for better absorption, and it's 40% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. So go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Get your Ultra 12 and other great products and for 40% off. Some products are even more, and it keeps the show on the air. That is a 360 win. The only way you lose is not taking action. I thank you all for your support, being part of this fight. Now go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. So it's it's the law, the concept of authoritarian government that is really bothering me. And I think it bothers you. This authoritarian. Yes. 
of course, Biden from, saying, well, you know, we take the vaccine, you, you know, and you. Have yes, that that's one form of it. Um, I would say the form that Trump is threatening us with is even worse. And, and which is what? Well, I mean, he doesn't oh, the whole concede thing. elections. You know, the elections only count if we win theory of government. Uh, okay. Well, come on, you know, Trump has he still has not conceded the election. He has not conceded. He he does not honor the. Okay, I mean, do you know for a fact that uh, he he lost? I'm just curious. Okay, you're going to make I, me. I, I I just don't know all the facts okay. because. Well, I do. About... Is, is there a conspiracy theory you don't believe? Oh, come on, Bill. Uh, but Oliver, you know I'm intelligent. Intelligent, of course you are. But look, uh, look, I've had many people sit here and I've said the same thing to them. Like, the key to getting along in America. It's not getting into these tribal things. It's understanding that you can have somebody in your life who you go for A, B, C, and D. We are so aligned, and the person is so smart, and they really get it. And then E, each of you thinks the other one's crazy. And there's a couple of those with us. But we got A, B, C, and D. And so we just... We'll start with that. Yes, that's got to be enough. You can't make people like agree with you on these things. And you're right. When well, you, I'm just asking you. I'm not an expert on the election. I don't go. I'm not a political junkie. Oh, you are. And you follow it very closely. OK. But, um, All right. Then I'll give you the thumbnail sketch. They tried it in like 60 courts. It was laughed out of every court, including by Republican judges. Repu- the people who saved this democracy were Republicans, good Republicans in states where Trump pressured them like the guy, the one he's on trial for in Georgia. Find me 11,000 votes. It's on tape. A guy like that saying to him, sir, we just don't do that here. I voted for you. I'm a Republican, but we just don't do that. That's what saved us. And they were Republicans. So you don't take their word for it. I mean, it would. Well, not- I don't know. I mean, how, you went through the 2000 election. That was horrifying to me. What happened when the Supreme Court closed that down? You know, what happened there? I mean, you know, the popular vote was one. So should we just keep counting votes forever? I mean, should we still be counting the 20? Count them correctly. Let's just get rid of the electoral college. Let's do a popular vote. The people who have testified that this was a fair and well-run election, it's a who's who of people like Bill Barr, Mitch McConnell. You're talking about Liz Cheney. You're talking about dyed-in-the-wool, serious conservative Republicans who went with Trump really further out than a lot of us thought they would go with a guy like McCain's not a war hero. Okay, we'll forgive you. Lots of that he did agreeing with Putin at Helsinki against our intelligence agencies, but I know we don't want to talk about Putin. But they... It's like, what will they, we found the thing that was their safe word, the thing that made them go, no, that's too far. And it was, we have elections in this country. If we don't transfer power peacefully, if somebody doesn't just be an adult and say, okay, you can't win them all. We lost that one. Good luck, sir. When Obama became president, George Bush stood with him and he said, we want you to succeed. They don't do that anymore. Not that I love George Bush, but what a great moment. So what do you think happened in 2000 in Florida? 2000. Well, they stopped the vote. Well, first of all, the governor's, the, the candidate's brother was the governor. And the lady counting the votes, remember? Um, Cruella Harris. 
<laughs> Catherine Harris. I remembered the name wrong. I, Cruella DeVille, but you're right, Catherine Harris. I mean, could there have been shenanigans? Look, there, there were shenanigans in the Nixon-Kennedy election on yeah. the side of the Democrats. Yeah, I mean, plainly, Joe Kennedy, right, brought that, brought that election for his son? I reserve judgment because it was Chicago. It was the Illinois part more than the West Virginia part. And that was Daly, and he was the boss there. And Daly did his own policing and this. But actually, I think Kennedy won the election. I really don't. I don't. Well, that one is what I'm saying is the one that's the easiest you know, to get on board with. You're like, no, that's uh, I need all the facts on this. Tune into the American Journal, where Chase Geyser deciphers the heartbeat of a nation. Give me a ticket for an aeroplane. Ain't got time to take a fast train. Lonely days are gone, I'm a-going home. My baby just wrote me a letter. I don't care how much money I gotta spend. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host today. So much news. Who's bringing story after story to my desk during these breaks? It is insane what is going on in the world. First thing I want to talk about this hour. Americans under 30 don't trust religion or anything else. And there's a couple angles I have on this. Let me just read what it says here in the highlighted section, and then we'll we'll bounce in to some insight. So for Gen Z, it's not religious, but it's also not secular. It's kind of, no, thank you. I'll pass on the question of religion. This new report saying that Americans under 30 don't trust religion or anything else. What distinguishes the under 30 set is a marked level of distrust in a variety of major institutions and leaders, not just religious ones. So it makes a certain kind of sense that they don't want to associate too closely with any defined group. So there's new studies coming out that basically say that anyone under 30 is just taking a pass on religion. And obviously, as a Christian, this is disturbing because we want every generation in this country to believe in Jesus Christ, follow Christian values, reawaken Americanism. We want those Christian values to be in place. But there is an angle to this that I find inspiring. I am pleased to see that we have an entire generation coming of age that has a general sort of default distrust for institutions. I mean, isn't it a good thing that they don't trust the government either, that they don't trust the Democratic Party or the Republican Party, that they don't trust the New World Order. Couldn't this be used or weaponized as a good thing moving forward? Obviously, this having no faith issue is a major, major red flag, and we should take it very seriously. We should do better as Christians to inspire this generation to at least pursue a relationship with God hoping that, of course, that that would wind up with the inevitable conclusion that the God of Jesus Christ is the true God. But at least we have this generation of young men who don't believe in institutions as we see the new world order try to manifest itself, the globalists try to manifest themselves. One of the most inspiring things to me about Gen Z, even though I don't necessarily agree with them, I don't know if you saw these reports from years ago, But teachers have been increasingly frustrated with students not believing that Helen Keller was deaf and blind. So we have teachers coming up in front of their classes. They're telling the inspiring story of Helen Keller, something I learned about in school. Many of us watched the movie or read the book where she learns how to say water by holding her hand under a spigot. 
And this is amazing story of resilience in the face of adversity, of overcoming all odds, where even though she couldn't see, speak, or hear, she was able to give speeches and communicate. I know she was a commie, but despite the fact she was a commie, it was an inspiring story that with enough determination and grit, you can overcome anything, even not having 40% of your senses, right? And so teachers are coming up, they're telling the class excitedly, like they do every single year, of this inspiring story of Helen Keller. And then all of a sudden, something happened with Gen Z where they're like, oh, crap, I don't believe it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think it's absolutely awesome that they have the audacity to say, unlike my generation, including myself, we're like, wow, this is amazing. They're like, no, no way. You're telling me she couldn't see, she couldn't hear, and she gave speeches. I'm calling BS on that, and they're probably right. I know that she could hear and see by, you know, up until she was like two and a half years old. So some people say that she had a little bit of a foundation in order to build off of. And I know that the writing system she had with the grids, you know, makes some sort of sense. There's explanations as to it. But the fact of the matter is, it's very likely that she wasn't entirely deaf or entirely blind. Maybe she was seriously impaired, but that the whole thing was made up, right? I mean, you think about it, the explanations don't actually make that much sense. It doesn't seem very reasonable that this woman who happened to be a communist advocate (laughs) was legitimately deaf and blind. It seems like propaganda. They marched her in the parades. They had her give speeches. There's no way. There's no way that she was deaf and blind. And Gen Z enlightened me. The younger generation came up to me and said, listen, you old millennial. There's no way that Helen Keller was deaf and blind. And frankly, I think that they're probably right. I think that they were lied to, that we've been lied to for decades about this woman for whatever reason. It was just an inspiring story. There was all sorts of reasons to lie about it. So many books were sold. So many speeches were booked. So many parades were had over this woman in the context of the burgeoning welfare state just to show what is possible with the right support for the disabled. And don't get me wrong. I totally support the disabled. I think we should help people who need help. Good people who just really struggle. My heart legitimately goes out to them. I am not a sociopath. I'm not a psychopath. I lack a little bit of empathy. But no, when I see a dog die in a movie, I cry just like everybody else. But I think Gen Z is right. Why is it that we should just believe this story because it's told to us by the establishment? And that could be a major indicator that Gen Z is actually onto something, that Gen Z actually could be the generation to save America. And I know what you guys are thinking. I know you're thinking, oh, my gosh, how could he possibly advocate for Gen Z? We've seen what's happened in these TikTok videos. We've seen what's happened of this generation where 40% of them identify as something other than heterosexual or cisgender. We, I know. I know that this generation has problems. I know that they're all contemplating whether or not they really want to have wieners or boobs. I know that there's some serious mental health issues going on in this generation. And I know a lot of it's because of TikTok and the CCP and the leftist teachers and the Marxist theory and the critical theory that's in our institutions. But what's going to happen is in 10 years... When these kids realize that they've been mutilated by my generation and by your generation, they're going to come back with a vengeance and say no more because it's inevitable that if these children don't actually have gender dysphoria and they've just been convinced by these algorithms, convinced by their teachers in a corrupt, manipulating sort of extortionist way, really exploitative way, that they're going to realize that when they're adults and they're going to be better. And they're going to come back and they're not going to trust the new world order. They're not going to trust woke. They're not going to trust these institutions, these globalists, these governments, which mutilated them, convinced them they were sick, put them 
pumped and full of hormones. We see detransitioners left and right constantly coming out more and more frequently. And this is a generation that did this radical thing to itself because it didn't trust norms. And misguided as it was about this specific issue, the notion that we shouldn't trust norms is actually a pretty good notion given what we know about the norms that are established by the propaganda elite, by the government, by the globalists, by our own government. But my concern about the religious issue extends beyond just religion and into the realm of artificial intelligence because psychologically, as I've said many times before, we all have a place in our mind we need a higher power. Those who call themselves atheists aren't actually atheists. They just worship science as God. Those who call themselves atheists, if they don't worship science as God, they worship the state as the God. Communists worship the state as the God, right? And now we're seeing a former Google engineer, which was pardoned by Trump, rebooting his AI church. Anthony Lewandowski, a name synonymous with the pioneering of self-driving technology and a figure shrouded in Silicon Valley controversy, has made headlines again. This time it's not about groundbreaking tech advancements or legal battles, but something far more unorthodox. The resurrection of his AI-centric church, quote, way of the future. The church was originally launched in 2015 while Lewandowski, while working on Google's self-driving project Waymo, it was an ambitious endeavor aiming to merge technology and spirituality by fostering a spiritual connection with AI, despite its closure a few years later. How does a person in rural America relate to this? What does this mean for their job? He said, well, the way of the future is a mechanism for them to understand and participate and shape the public discourse as to how we think technology should be built to improve you. So if we don't find a way to get this generation inspired by the path to a true God, the true God, they are going to fill the void with something else. And my concern is that this void is going to be filled with artificial intelligence. We already see scammers getting tons and tons of money on dating apps using AI girlfriends. We already see that people are worshiping anything other than the true God because we have this need, this drive to worship something. And although it is encouraging that Gen Z doesn't believe in established institutions, that Gen Z doesn't believe in the story of Helen Keller just because their teacher said it, there is a major vulnerability because if you believe nothing, if you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. We've seen them fall for this transsexualism. We're seeing them fall for this artificial intelligence religion, this deity that we have made. We are trying to build a God and call it the God. When the fact of the matter is, there is only one true God. We'll talk about this more next hour with the calls. In the meantime, visit InfoWarsStore.com and be the reason we are still on the air. Normally, Christmas is our biggest sale of the year. But because of supply chain breakdowns and other issues, this is our biggest sale because finally, almost all of our best-selling products are finally back in stock, including sold out for more than a year, X2, the only true nascent iodine out there is finally back. What it does for your immune system, your body, all your cells is miraculous. It's discounted at InfoWarsStore.com. Double Patriot points, free shipping, biggest sale hands down of 2023. I'm sure Christmas will have a big sale, but we'll be sold out of most of this. So Christmas has come early. Black Friday's come early. And it funds the InfoWar. Get X2. Get VasoBeats back in stock. Get all the other great products at InfoWarsStore.com right now. But again, our fan favorite, my favorite, is X2. Sold out for over a year. Could be our last run if we're shut down. Get it while you can. X2, discounted InfoWarsStore.com. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. 
I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalists at point blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new world order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I'm Chase Geyser, your host today. Congratulations to you for being bad to the bone as an info warrior, as a listener, as someone who defies all mainstream norms, as someone who is willing to risk humiliation at the Thanksgiving dinner table. Congratulations to you for being the American hero, the patriot that America needs. New reports coming in that Moderna is spying on you. Who would have thought that this was possible? Who would have thought this is true? Novak Djokovic is the victorious return to the U.S. Open this year, was heralded as the triumph of an ageless athlete. But for the pharmaceutical giant Moderna, it came as something of a blow. Obviously, he was criticized for his antagonism toward the vaccines. And when he was able to come back and compete, it was very embarrassing. They have an internal report, Moderna did, Djokovic crowned anti-vaccine hero after U.S. Open win. That's the name of this report. The optics of Djokovic, whose vaccine opposition barred him from competing in 2022 U.S. Open, returning to and winning the Moderna-sponsored competition bolsters anti-vaccine claims that vaccines and mandates are unnecessary, according to their internal report. It rated the news surrounding Djokovic as high risk. Other alerts produced by a partnership of blending marketing executives with former FBI and Secret Service analysts also cited concerns around drug industry profits as a source of misinformation. Far from viral deception, much of the content flagged by Moderna as misinformation and a supposed danger to public health was nothing of the sort. It was just a legitimate discussion of vaccine-related issues. And this is really just another anecdotal example of what we've been talking about. We know that the globalists at the New World Order have incentive to control the mainstream media, the narrative that is consumed by people all over the world, especially in the United States. We know that they establish institutions like the ADL, like Media Matters, like NewsGuard, in order to bully and leverage their establishment position to silence independent media news outlets. And we know that these corporations get in bed with the government to silence, quote, misinformation if it isn't good for the bottom line. We know that politicians do things like ban alternative vaccines when they're all invested in either Pfizer or Moderna because they want the stocks, the returns to be greater for where they're invested. And we see that they're spying on us. They're watching our social media posts, our social media content, our behavior, and marking things as high risk, low risk, and using their influence within the FBI or the CIA to actually reach out to these platforms to remove specific posts or specific people from posting time and time again. And so when it comes out that there's this 
new report or this example of Moderna basically engaging in espionage of individuals in the name of protecting their interests, it's no surprise. I, I, obviously, it's troubling every time we see a new headline of another example of this, but are we really surprised? And this is just the reason, this type of stuff is the reason that the likes of Gen Z, as we were talking about in the last segment, don't believe in the establishment because they've been lied to time and time again. I mean, how many times does an organization or an institution or establishment authority have to lie to you before you realize, wow, I, I really should take what they say with a grain of salt? And it's really contributing to these things that we're seeing manifest in the political climate. Donations to the GOP drop as worries mount about the party's finances. Donors have not cut as many large checks to the RNC in recent years, and the party's small dollar program has also suffered. Yeah, why would you give any money to any political party? I can understand giving money to candidates, especially independent candidates, but of course no one's going to give money to the party. What has the party done for you? I ask you now, if you're a Democrat voter or if you're a Republican voter, I ask you, what has the party done for you in the last 50 years? The, the party. I'm not talking about individual candidates who happen to be a member of a specific party, but can you remember the last thing that any political party did for you? We see time and time again that the Democrats advocate for increased welfare. And the increased welfare programs demand increased funding, and that funding eliminates your buying power, so it makes you more dependent on those welfare programs. So everything that the Democratic Party has done as a party is actually served only to elect Democratic politicians, establish more corruption, and eliminate your buying power. With the Republican Party, what has the party done other than advocate more and more lies around the necessity of increased surveillance with the likes of the Patriot Act? It's gotten us into the Iraq War and the Afghanistan War. And I know that those were largely bipartisan history, but we know that the war hawks have traditionally been the Republicans in this country. And that also, like welfare, requires increased spending and eliminates your buying power. All either party has ever done to you is lie to you and about you and eliminate the power of your money to tax you without passing any legislation by way of inflation in order to line the pockets of the political class they serve. That's why we call it the Uniparty, because they do the same exact thing just in two different ways. One increases your spending domestically. The other increases your spending via war overseas. Both politicians get rich off both approaches, both parties, and the American people suffer as a result. So, of course, no one's going to give any more of their money to these political parties because all these political parties have done, in the end, is taken our money to begin with. They don't even need donations to do it. All they need is power to do it because they vote for policies that fund corporations, contractors, and entities that they're personally invested in, and they take the winnings for themselves. Then you have the insult that is Romney coming out and saying that most Democrats would be an upgrade from Trump. Are you kidding me? What is into this? This guy, first of all, this guy actually believes that he's going to be king of a planet when he dies. So we got to take everything he says with a grain of salt. He wears the funny underwear. And he believes he's going to be king of a planet when he dies. But somehow he's got some sort of tremendous insight over who should be running the country. This is just more ridiculous crap. We have some GOP donors saying that they believe Nikki Haley can win. Are you kidding me? If they get her into office, I'm going to basically lose all faith in everything. Because this is someone who's come out and said that it's illegal to be anonymous. It should be illegal to be anonymous on the internet. She's come out and said that we should support Ukraine. She's come out and said that we should support Israel just blindly. And don't get me wrong, if I, were to, if I were asked whether I support Palestine or Israel, if I had to choose one, I would lean Israel. But it doesn't mean that I support the 
indiscriminate carpet bombing of an entire region or that I support giving billions upon billions of our dollars to any foreign nation, whether it's an ally or an enemy, both of which we've done ceaselessly over the last 50 years. All this happening, all of our politicians coming out and saying Democrats would be better or Nikki Haley could win. We see all this report. They're complaining about not having enough funding for the political party when the real problems are the fact that we have Conor McGregor's and others being arrested. We have Robinson's being arrested. We have Edward Stoughton's going to Russia to seek asylum because they'd be arrested for their free speech here. We have InfoWars constantly faced with being shut down. We have Alex Jones constantly under lawsuit after lawsuit because he speaks the truth or endeavors to speak the truth. The real problem is that Americans are being strangled at the neck, choked at the neck, so they can't utter a word unless it is that there are four lights. Or that there aren't four lights. Did I get the the metaphor wrong? The point I'm trying to make here is that Americans are faced with the greatest challenges that they've been faced with perhaps since the Great Depression. We've got interest rates above 88%, excuse me. We've got unemployment artificially low. We've got 1.5 million fewer people in the workforce because they gave up. We've got bankruptcies up 20% year over year. We've got record amount of credit card debt. People can't figure out how to pay their mortgage or raise the money to even own a house. We have major companies coming in and buying up all the property, whether it's Bill Gates or BlackRock, making it impossible for anyone to own anything. And it's all to this globalist agenda of you will own nothing and be happy. So you can rent from the global elite, so you depend on them, so you have no freedom, so you have to get what you need on their terms. And all our politicians can talk about is how mean Trump is, how bad his tweets are. And they're not talking about the fact that we're being not only choked financially, but we're being choked literally, so we can't speak what we think. Visit InfoWarsStore.com. Be the reason we're still on the air. More on the other side. If you ever take one piece of my advice, it's get a bottle of X2. It's been sold out for over a year because we wouldn't cut corners and because it's so hard to produce. We finally have a limited run back in supply at InfoWarsStore.com. So many people have serious issues. Look at the UN's own numbers. Billions have cognitive disabilities because they do not have true nascent iodine in their bodies. Most other iodine is bound to other heavy metals or bound to other elements so you don't download it. But this is pure atomic certified iodine. X2 is now back in stock, discounted. So I'm giving Thanksgiving right now for this product being here. It funds the info war, but I guarantee you, you take us for a few weeks, you will feel the difference. It is amazing. It's the missing link X2 back in stock at the end of 2023 at InfoWarsStore.com. X2. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning. Pleased to see a Christmas tree in the studio. You know, I'm not usually much for Christmas decorations or Christmas music. I like Sinatra, but everything else is kind of irritating to me. I came in today, I noticed the tree, and I thought, I'm lucky to be working here at InfoWars. I'm lucky to be at a company that actually celebrates and supports the birth of the Messiah. This, of course, being 
vastly opposed to the Trudeau administration. <laughs> Trudeau is now blaming the right-wing American MAGA after Canadian Conservative Party votes against Ukraine bill. We're on clip six here in a second. Right-wing American thinking has infiltrated Canadian politics and caused the Conservative Party to turn their backs on Ukraine, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said Friday. Trudeau called out the Conservative Party after the group unanimously voted against an update to the Canada-Ukraine free trade agreement between Canada and Ukraine. But as I'm reading through this article, I see down here that Conservative Party leader Pierre Poliver earlier Friday said his party had voted against the agreement not because of flagging support for Ukraine, but out of concern it would saddle the war-torn country with a carbon tax. So it was earmarked with a carbon tax, and Trudeau's making it sound like MAGA Republicans hate Ukraine. Though we do. Well, I do anyway. Let's run clip six and see what he had to say in full context. The real story is the rise of a right-wing American MAGA-influenced thinking. God, I just want to smack him in the mouth. That has made Canadian conservatives, who used to be among the strongest defenders of Ukraine, and I'll admit it, turn their backs on something Ukraine needs in its hour of need. That is the danger of the rise of the right-wing influence that is feeling its impact in Canada. That's what not just Ukrainian Canadians, but all Canadians should be concerned about. Ukraine continues to need support for their defense. That's why today I'm announcing that Canada is donating over 11,000 assault rifles and over 9 million rounds of ammunition. Wow. I tell you what, I'm just going to go ahead and do this. I challenge Justin Trudeau to a lawful duel under Texas Penal Code 22.06. I want him to fly to Texas so that I can legally fight him and beat him to the legal extent of the law. So if Justin Trudeau is man enough to do it, why don't you come here and actually take on a MAGA Republican? Why don't you come here and fight me? I'll train. We'll give whatever, however many months you want. You can come to Austin, Texas. We'll meet wherever you want. We can air it. We can do it privately, whatever. But I would like the opportunity to smack you in the mouth legally with your consent, mutual combat, consensual, all documented under Texas Penal Code 2206. Let's duel it out. No violent weapons, no extreme bodily harm. We can even wear gloves if you want. We can call it Rocky. It'll be like Rocky Four. It'll be the American versus the communist, right? I challenge Justin Trudeau right now to a lawful duel under Texas Penal Code 22.06. So if you're man enough to do it, why don't you fly here? I'll smack you around. I would dedicate my life to being as equipped as possible to just teach you a lesson right now. Because I think it would be the best thing that I could do for both America and Canada would be to just humiliate you in front of the world and show everyone how much of a giant P-U-S-S-Y you are. <laughs> Can you spell it? Is that allowed? <laughs> okay. Let's move on from that. Trump is hinting at expanding the role of the military within the U.S. So he's getting criticism here from AP. Because he made some comments in Iowa about being prevented by the law from using military force on some of the protests, like the George Floyd protests. Many Republicans criticized Trump for allowing the Democratic cities to fall as a campaign strategy. They said that it was, and I've said this before, I thought this was the case. Maybe it wasn't. 
He allowed these cities to fall so that the world could see, so that the United States could see, so the voters could see what happens when Democrats are left in charge of cities, what happens when Democrats are left to do their bidding. It did show the world what they actually want to do. They want to loot, they want to destroy, they want to tear down, and then they want to leech. They are a violent party, more violent than the right by far. Even at our own so-called insurrection, the only people killed with violent force were right-wingers by leftists. And he was criticized as allowing these cities to burn for that political statement, for that campaign agenda. But campaigning in Iowa this year, Donald Trump said he was prevented during his presidency from using the military to quell violence in primarily Democratic cities and states. Calling New York City and Chicago crime dens, the front runner for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination told his audience, quote, the next time I'm not waiting one of the things I did was let them run it, and we're going to show how bad a job they do, he said. Quote, well, we did that. We don't have to wait any longer. And I've got mixed feelings about this. I mean, at what point in time does the federal government need to come in and quell a protest? Obviously, these protests were unjust. George Floyd overwhelmingly seems to have died from a fentanyl overdose, not actually police brutality. And even if he did die from police brutality, there's no evidence that it was racially motivated, as the protesters said. I heard no examples of Chauvin, for example, using any racial slurs, saying anything derogatory to him, trying to humiliate him for his race. They didn't seem to be an act of white supremacy. Obviously, it was very uncomfortable to watch that nine-minute video of him with his knee on George Floyd's neck while George Floyd repeatedly said that I, he couldn't breathe. But if you take it in the context of the policies of the police department, the other clips of George Floyd just sitting up saying he couldn't breathe, then it makes a little bit more sense why he made that decision. It's still uncomfortable, even in the context of everything for me to watch that. I don't like seeing police detain someone while they are dying, whether or not it's because of the detaining that they're dying or just because of the lack of care. I don't know what should have been done. I don't know what the right outcome was. I don't know if he intended to murder him or not. He probably didn't. But it seems to me overwhelmingly obvious that George Floyd died from an overdose, and it was really unfortunate that he died from an overdose in the context of George Floyd having to restrain him. Excuse me, Derek Chauvin having to restrain him. Doesn't make Derek Chauvin a good cop. Doesn't make him a good guy. But it certainly doesn't make him a racist. I mean, it's not obvious at all that he was a racist in this Situation, And that was what was used as an excuse for these riots and these protests and these looting events to happen. And this narrative was really a huge lie because not only was the killing or the death rather of George Floyd not obviously racially motivated, but how many people do you know who have said on Twitter or any other social media platform that Kyle Rittenhouse was a racist because of all the black people he killed when the fact of the matter is we know that everybody that was involved in that conflict was not black or white guys. People don't realize that Kyle Rittenhouse was at the protest and the people that attacked him that he defended himself against, legally, lawfully defended himself against, were all white guys. They think that he shot three black guys just because that's the narrative. The narrative is this, this white supremacist with a gun that went there on the hunt for black people or people of color. When the fact of the matter is no people of color were killed in that event. And all the crimes perpetuated throughout this entire rioting season were perpetuated by people of all races in the name of protecting the rights of minority groups. So it was obviously just exploited by people who don't really care about the rights of minorities or the rights of individuals. It was used as an excuse for bad behavior. Sort of like what we're seeing between Hamas and Israel right now. Hamas does this terrorist attack on October, on October 7th, killing hundreds of innocent Israelis. And it's used as an excuse by Israel for bad behavior. 
They're using you're, they're using it as an excuse to carpet bomb the entire region. They don't care. And who knows what's true about the details of which hospital bombed by who, when, whether or not Hamas was intentionally storing metal firearms next to MRI machines <laughs> or whether it was a lie. But the fact of the matter is these things are always used as an excuse for bad behavior. This is what the left wants to do, and they're just waiting for the opportunity to do it. A good crisis should never go wasted. That is their philosophy. We're going to cover more in the next segment. In the meantime, make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com because, ladies and gentlemen, the annual Black Friday event at InfoWars Store has arrived, and we're bringing you a huge roster of sales, including recently restocked best-selling items up to 60% off. I know Black Friday is early over, excuse me, but this sale came early and is staying late. In addition to those savings, we are offering free storewide shipping and double Patriot points. You can get 60% off BrainForce Plus and BrainForce Ultra, two of my favorite products. 50% off Real Red Pill Plus Green Fiber Capsules. Down and Out Sleep Support, 40% off VasoB Complete Bodies, Vitamin Mineral Fusion, one of our favorites, and DNA Force Plus, plus 25% off Survival Shield X2, which is back in stock. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com and be the reason we are still on the other on the air. <laughs> More on the other side, folks. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed, dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements. Our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. Thanksgiving 2023 is here. And I'm giving Thanksgiving for all we've done against tyranny and your incredible support together in this fight. And I'm particularly giving Thanksgiving that X2, our number one product, the only true atomic iodine on the market after a year plus of being sold out, is finally back in stock, ready to ship now. If you don't know the power of X2 and the iodine conspiracy, you are insane. Get X2 now. It could be the last run ever we get shut down. While you still can, at InfoWarsStore.com. Research iodine deficiency and billions of people with cognitive disabilities because they don't have it. X2, X2, X2 is now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. Takes a few weeks to kick in, but it is the building block to everything. It's the missing link. They bomb us with the fluoride that is in the same family, but has the opposite effect. This is the holy grail of supplements and empowering yourself. X2, back in stock right now. Discount at InfoWarsStore.com. Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Now we're coming back after this break with phone calls. And as you can tell, I'm resting. Call me. Hello. Eight seven 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 eight nine. Two five three nine. We're in. Hello. Yes, turn your radio off. Turn your radio off. Hey. 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 
Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. I will be taking your calls for the entirety of the third hour. Open phone lines. You can call in to talk about whatever you want. There is a new news report that I do want to cover this segment before we start taking calls. Exclusive Chinese scientists find a new bat coronavirus linked to pangolins. that has the same freak mutation as COVID and some experts say it shoots down the lab leak theory. So two little bold points of this article. Bat coronavirus 1,000 miles from Wuhan, closely related to virus and pangolins. Pangolins thought to be the intermediary that passed COVID from bats to humans. Okay, so just looking at this, what do you think? Because it seems to me like this is CCP propaganda to counter the theory that the coronavirus was started in a lab in Wuhan. And that the Chinese were actually responsible for either accidentally or intentionally releasing it and thus infecting the entire world, either intentionally or accidentally, with a bioweapon. We know that once it was released from the lab, they intentionally allowed it to spread all over the world. They knew that it leaked. They shut down domestic travel from Wuhan domestically, but they allowed international transportation and they allowed it to spread internationally on purpose. We know this. We know that they discovered it in September, and we know that it spread for months and months before they admitted it, which is actually a violation of our agreements with China. You're supposed to alert the international community immediately when a novel virus is discovered like that, and they didn't because they wanted everybody to get it. And now they're coming out saying that there's this new mysterious virus that's exactly the same as COVID but different, and it does support the original theory that it came from bats on accident. Sorry, guys. I don't buy it for a minute. And the thing that's interesting about this report from the Daily Mail is that There's a couple angles here. The first angle is it protects China from the reputational damage of being responsible for the spread of this virus. That's the first angle here. The second thing is, is it sets up the international community, the globalists, for an excuse to create new regulations or lockdowns or laws around this new potential virus. It justifies or helps to justify the establishment of new departments and programs like Secretary Blinken was talking about just a couple of weeks ago to Monitor the development and spread of new viruses. And it also sort of psychologically establishes this foundation where when another pandemic happens, they can turn back to this or reportings like this and that people will accept the new pandemic as legitimate because after all, we've been hearing murmurings about something like this for quite some time. This seems to me to be just another lie by the CCP in an effort to conglomerate power on behalf of the globalists. They love a good pandemic. And the funny thing about it to me is we just talked about how Gen Z has no faith in establishments. They have lost all religion. They don't believe in Helen Keller. (laughs) They've lost all faith in the establishment elite, the establishment narrative that they perceive. But for some reason, we have an entire population, entire culture here that is likely going to just fall for it again. Why is it that we would put any faith in our government to prevent things like this from happening when we know time and time again they're responsible in the first place for things like this happening? Why is it that we would put any faith in the government to actually respond to things like this once they happen when we know the last time they came out with vaccines that didn't work, that didn't stop the spread, that didn't stop actually getting the virus, They made us wear masks that didn't actually work. They made us social distance, which didn't actually work. They made us use incubators, which didn't actually work. They shut down the hospitals, 
for all elective operations and checkups, which caused a dramatic increase in examples of cancer because people weren't going in for things like mammograms. And then they silenced us for telling the truth about the vaccines in order to line their own pockets. But we should trust them this time when we hear reports from them or warnings from them or policy suggestions from the government. We should trust them this time about handling this pandemic. I don't understand at all how anyone could possibly fall for this again unless they're just totally ridden with learning disabilities. Why is it that we would ever trust the likes of Fauci or any press secretary, whether it's Corinne Jean-Pierre or Jen Psaki or any president, whether it's Trump or Biden, about how we should handle things like this. We know from history that the best way to deal with the pandemic is just to let everybody get it. Unfortunate as it is, there's no way to stop it. And when we try to stop it, we always make it worse. Not only will you lose your loved ones from this pandemic, but everybody's still going to get it if you don't do anything about it. But if we do lock it down, you're still going to lose your loved ones and you're still going to lose your business. You're going to lose your businesses now, right? Because we've responded to it disproportionately in an unfair way that doesn't make any sense. You're going to ruin the psychology of the youngest among us, the toddlers who are in the most important developmental stages ever in terms of recognizing emotions on faces, in terms of actually learning to speak, in terms of communicating with adults and learning how to be a human being. Everything that we did, I cannot think of a single thing that we did the last time that actually helped at all in any way. Two weeks to slow the spread ended up being two years to slow the spread, and it didn't even slow the spread. Everybody I know who's gotten COVID now has gotten COVID like three times, every different variant. And I still don't know anybody who died from it. And the reason Gen Z doesn't trust the establishment is because they've heard for two years how dangerous COVID was. They had to wear masks for years in schools. And they definitely don't know anybody who died because like less than 2,000 people under the age of 18 in the United States of America actually died from COVID, especially not with other serious comorbidities like cancer or immune deficiency because of cancer treatments. So when I hear reports like this, I'm just afraid. Not that they're true. But I'm afraid that there's this narrative, this propaganda machine pushing this fake crisis again. And I'm really afraid and just frankly disappointed of the likelihood that we're just going to fall for it again. How many times do they have to lie to us before everybody realizes that they're just that? Liars. That everything that comes out of their mouth is a lie. That Joe Biden probably didn't win the election that he probably doesn't have coherent thinking, that he probably does have dementia, that he and his son did actually conspire and abuse his office as vice president to make millions upon millions of dollars. How many times do we have to see these lies, see this corruption before the people finally wake up? And I understand that the vast majority of people in this country don't have time to consume the news. They don't have time to do research. They watch their late night shows. They watch their football games. They turn on Fox or CNN or whatever the equivalent is for them that most closely lines up with what they want to be true. And they just consume that. I understand. But even so, there's a commercial break every like three seconds on those mainstream networks. Don't you think that they ever curse to them while they're sipping their beer on their couch at 10 p.m. during the commercial break, like, hey, that last segment didn't really make sense. Are we so lacking in character that we'll dismiss any inconvenient truth as just an anomaly or an anecdote and allow ourselves to continue to be lied to and to continue to buy the lie time and time again despite the fact that it's cornering us into a place of some sort of Orwellian tragedy? 
where we wait for the government to send us our rations of coffee, our rations of tobacco, our rations of chocolate, while we happily go to work after shaving with a rusty razor. And we all find ourselves working for the state because there are no other jobs. And we find ourselves in war after war after war. And it's all started with these lies. It all starts with the lies. That's why the Ten Commandments, one of the most, I think the most important one, other other than not worshiping any false idols or putting any God before God, is thou shalt not lie. Because it seems that the root of all evil is deceit is the lack of truth, is lying. And that's what censorship is. Censorship is the silencing of the truth truth in order to perpetuate the lies. I don't know. Do you guys think we're going to fall forward again? Call in 877-789-2539. Again, that's 877-789-2539. I will be taking your calls throughout the third hour. We've got a break coming up in about a minute, but I do want you to call in. I want to hear what you have to say. Open phone lines. You can talk about anything you want, but... Call in 877-789-2539, and we will be taking your calls consistently. In the meantime, make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com for our Cyber Monday special, which has arrived up to 60% off, plus free shipping and double Patriot points. The annual Black Friday event is now over, but it's now the Cyber Monday special at the InfoWars store, and it's arrived here. We're bringing you a huge roster of sales, including recently restocked best-selling items up to 60% off, folks. In addition to those savings, we are offering free store-wide shipping and double Patriot points. Get 60% off the likes of BrainForce Plus and BrainForce Ultra and up to 25% off of Survival Shield X2, which is back in stock. Check it out now and stay with us. We'll be taking calls in the next hour. We have not had this many of our best-selling products back in stock in years because of supply chain breakdowns and all the rest of the stuff that's going on. And these are game-changing products. It's like our information's game-changing. These products are incredible. And I'm personally glad that these are now back in stock. All three of the InfoWars Platinum flagship products that have been sold out for months are now back in stock, but a very limited run because we only had a budget to get Three or 4,000 bottles of each one of these. I think we got 4,000 bottles of the HGH Max Boost that people love so much. We've got about 4,000 bottles of 1776 Testosterone Boost that just came in. And we've got about 3,000 bottles of Pain MD, incredible natural pain reliever situation. All three of these are back in stock, and they're incredible, and they fund our operation at InfoWarsStore.com. 